Welcome to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. During today's program, your host, Mark Friedman, may discuss specific financial planning and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Investing involves risk, including loss of principal. Always consult a certified financial planning professional, qualified attorney, or tax advisor prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. And now here's the host of Dollars and Cents, Mark Friedman of Friedman Financial. If you don't wanna see me, did a full one, Welcome back to another episode of Dollars and Cents, financial advice in a language you can understand. My name is Mark Friedman. I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Marion Gilman. How are you today, Marion? I'm great. Welcome back, Mark. The past couple of weeks, I've really missed you. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you and Christian did a wonderful job. Yeah, I had Christian there, so that was great, but you know. You you add a sep- your own certain something. Well, the two to of us, podcast. I think, are a nice little tandem that we present some great information to folks. And man, so I was away and the past couple it's weeks. It's fun to do. Yeah, I, yeah. I was away the past couple weeks, um, out of the country actually, and I followed the saga of uh, banks supposedly failing, and I'm saying that with quotation marks, and all of the hysteria and the headlines and the news that perpetrated all across every media outlet you would have imagined, it sounded like the world was coming to an end. And, you know, I think it was much worse overseas, Mark, where you were, because you kept sending me notes about all this, you know, going on. And the headlines, yes, there were some radical headlines here for a while, but it calmed down considerably um, at once that initial shock hit. Well, it's it's funny. I, um, I read a lot of the stories and I read about what was going on. And Basically, what I gathered from the stories over the past two weeks, and here we are almost two weeks since the announcement of Silicon Valley Bank um, failing, and I'm saying that with quotation marks, um, I began to realize that this was far more of a media event than it was uh, an impact to your pocketbook event. For sure. And you know, the media had a field day with this. How do you sell newspapers, right? Right. And that's what I keep telling people. It's with good news. Yeah, as as people were asking me questions, and and I've been back for a few days, and more people are asking questions about these banks. I said, at the end of the day, you've got to remember that every media media outlet, whether you're television, whether you're TikTok, whether you're Instagram or the radio, whatever it is, they're not in the news business anymore. They're in the entertainment business. And if entertainment doesn't fe- sell fear, you're moving to another station. So true. And, so true. And, you know, so let's let's be sure we can get people to feel really comfortable. And I know you talked about this last week with the banks. But should anybody have worries about, their, about not being able to access their money at a bank? Honestly, I don't think so. Um, and realistically... Most people, and Mark, you can come in with the statistics on this, most people do not have $250,000 at any one bank per person. And so, therefore, $250,000 is guaranteed by the federal government, FDIC insurance, it is insured. So 
and anyone who has less than two fifty per person. So at it's five hundred thousand for a joint. Five hundred thousand. So why? How did, many people have? More so, than but, that? but wait a second. But oh, how many okay. people did you see on the news? Of how many pictures did you see of people lined up outside of banks, whether it was First Republic Bank or Signature Bank or Silicon Valley Bank or others, in line to get their money out? Well, the interesting thing about Silicon Valley Bank which I never would have expected, although given their way of operation and where they were located, it probably should have been expected. In any event, 97% of their depositors had more than $250,000 in the bank, which was extraordinary, extraordinary number. Well, and also many people think, well, I've never even heard of Silicon Valley Bank. But many people here in the Boston area realized that they were connected to it. Right. The Boston Globe was showing pictures um, of a location in Wellesley that people were lined up at. But, but was it Silicon, just prior to it being Silicon Valley Bank, what was it before that? At Boston Private Right. Bank. The Boston Private Bank. Correct. And, they and, recently bought it. Right. And that's where a lot of businesses... Um, entities who who put millions of dollars at the bank. Sure. It wasn't an individual that had more than two fifty. In many cases, it was businesses that had millions and millions of dollars right. because they need that there for you working know, for, capital. For working capital, right? That's right. And it yeah. scared people, but you know, Marion, in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, um, a lot of banks failed during what was called the financial crisis. Yes, we saw a lot of. I mean, that was that was a terrifying experience it, in many ways. It was terrifying, but even the biggest bank, which was Washington Mutual at the time in California, right. far larger than Silicon Valley Bank. Oh, absolutely. Every depositor at Washington Mutual, of all of the depositors, how many people didn't get their money? I don't think anyone. Um, Everybody get got their money. money, right? That's correct, yes. And, and that's the thing. What we have to realize is when you hear a bank fails... It doesn't necessarily mean that they've run out of money. It means that they don't have the liquidity available right now to hand you your yeah, cash. Right. Because I want you to remember this. When you walk into the bank and you say, here, here's $50,000 or here's $500. And you want to set up an account for Marion Gilman. I'm going to set up a, um, a, a bank account for me. There is not a drawer in the bank where they take that cash. And they put it in the drawer and they say, oh, we'll just keep it there. And Marion, once a year, we'll sprinkle some pixie dust of interest into your drawer. And that's your bank bank account. You have nothing to worry about. That's not how that works, does it? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. They invest that money. Of course um, they do. And, you know, they invest it in safe investments. They're not out buying stocks. They have, they have very tight regulations as to what they can buy. And in the instance of Silicon Valley Bank... They actually had treasury bonds backing the deposits. So they had sufficient treasury bonds. The problem was they had long treasury bonds, long dated maturities, you know, 28, 30 years in the future. So, but let's let's put this in financial advice in a language people can understand. Right. Think about this. Last year, if you wanted to buy a one-year CD at your bank or even a two-year treasury. Now remember, a treasury is money that you can give to the U.S. government, backed by the full faith and credit of the government. They're going to pay you your interest, and then on maturity date, you'll get your money back. How much were they paying a year ago? Oh, I think it was maybe 1%. Maybe, if right? That. If that. You know, if you got a, if you got a 10-year bond, it was probably 1%. But think about this. If you, could, if you were a bank, and you could get 1% on a treasury and you could pay your depositors 0.05% for interest 
on the money that they were giving you, you're actually making money, right? That's right. Right? Yeah. You're making money. That's right. So now here's what happens. So all of these banks, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, it could be Salem 5 for all we know. Any bank, they're trying to build a portfolio. They're in business to make money. And so, like you said, Signature um, Silicon Valley Bank, are, and I'm using this purely as an example. Right. I don't know the actual specifics here, but they put millions and millions, perhaps billions of dollars into U.S. Treasuries, what are considered safe investments. You will get 100% of your money back if you hold it to maturity. Until maturity. And maybe they could get, let's say they got 2% on a 10-year treasury. And we're just using that purely as an example. 2 year, 10, 2% on a two-year treasury. Now, have you been to your bank lately? <laughs> you can get a lot more than that, What can you, you get for a two-year CD at the bank? Almost 5%? Yeah. Well, right? I, actually... Um, what you hear better? 5.2% on a one-year CD on a one -year right year, now. Right, that's right. We can yep. even see that. Yeah. So all of a sudden, people are saying, I want my money out of Silicon Valley Bank, or any bank for that matter, and I'm because I want to buy a 5% CD. That's right. Well, Silicon Valley Bank has these treasuries, and they're going to come due, and they're going to pay their interest. But if they have to cash them out, who wants to buy their bonds when you could buy bonds for 5% rather than 2%? Nowhere. But let me say one other thing. So instead of with with Silicon Valley Bank, and, and probably a lot of banks last yeah, year. Yeah, we're just picking on them. It's a lot right. of banks. That's right. They, um, in order to get higher interest rates, they didn't buy the, the two-year bond or the 10-year bond. They bought the 30-year bonds. Which might have paid three or something. That's or right. Two and but, a half, but whatever again, it was. When you're talking millions of dollars. Billions in some cases. Billions in some cases. That adds up to a lot of money for the bank. And they knew they were getting that money back. They were safe investments, remember. Mm -hmm. It just it was just the case that they had to wait to get all the money so back. So what that means is there's now a, people say, I want my money because I want to get some money out. Right. Which you right said now. on my statement, right now. I have $200,000 in my bank account exactly. that's only getting 0.5% or 1%, I want my money because I can go somewhere else and get five. And the bank only has so much liquidity because most of their money is locked up in bonds. That's now, right. if interest rates were going down, they could get out very easy. If interest rates were stable, they could get out very easily. But if interest rates went up as quickly as they did in 2023, in fact, they went up faster and we had the worst performance in the bond market in the history of the bond market that's in right. 2023 that's as it's right. been recorded yeah the silicon valley bank said if we have to or any bank said if we have to sell our bonds we have to sell our bonds for a loss that's because who wants to buy our bonds we have to sell them for a loss yeah. just to pay off our shareholders and so it creates this fear but in reality anybody who had money in the bank certainly that was under 250,000 individually or 500,000 for a couple Joint you have your FDIC insurance. Right. And they made it sound like, oh my God, rush to the bank, get your money. But here's the truth. The average, the average bank account, the average bank account of Americans, the average amount of money that somebody has in the bank right now is $5,300. That's what the median bank account is. So let's be sure we understand what the median is. That adds up all 330 million Americans and you line up all of their bank accounts, and you say, what's the number that's right in the middle? That's the median. It was 5,300. 
However, you well know that there's a lot of people who have more money than that and some that have less. So you add it all up and you divide by 300 million or whatever the number of people are that have deposits in a bank, the average account is 41,600. Still not over that 250,000. And 99.5% of individuals, individuals who had bank accounts, who have bank accounts today anywhere, have under $250,000. So this was, a, this was a very slim minority of people who have over that amount. And they're still going to get their money. That's right. And so, so that is the one point I think we've made a couple times now, and I want to make it once again. It, just because it, the banks say 250000 per person is insured and guaranteed, that means that you get your money without hesitation. The next day, it is available to you. If you had 300000 you can take that 250. It doesn't mean you lose the additional 50,000. All that means is that you have to wait until the bank liquidates their assets. Remember, they have assets. And then they pay the depositors the additional amount. And that's why, as you said earlier in the program, in, in virtually every bank failure, the depositors got all their money back. Right. It's just that they had to wait for some they of it. They had to wait for, and, and you're not talking about months. You're not talking no. about years. No, no, you're talking no. about days. So here's the frustrating part, is that in some cases where banks are struggling right now because they made poor investments, other banks, larger banks, the Bank of America's, the JP Morgan's, the Chase's, et cetera, of the world, they'll come in and say, we got plenty of liquidity. <laughs> we'll just buy your bank. Right. And we'll take care of everybody becomes happy. But, you know, it's always nice to deal with your local banker and deal with all. There's risks attached all over the place. And, and I'm not saying you're going to lose your money, but there's some uncomfortableness that sometimes can happen. The thing that's frustrating me and frustrating many people is the Federal Reserve saying we will step up and make sure that people at Silicon Valley Bank and all those others have their money. And to me, that's frustrating because as a um, as an executive at a bank, your job in managing a bank is what's called the portfolio management department, where the money comes in and it's your job to manage your portfolio. How much do we invest? Well, how much do we lend? How much do we issue in CDs? What do we do with our excess cash? If the government is telling you, don't worry, if you make poor decisions, we'll support you, why wouldn't you as a bank take risks? And the last thing you want to hear as a depositor is, oh, my bank takes risks. That's very true. And, you know, though, I have to say there's one issue that really annoyed me with this whole situation. Aside from the fact that they're going in, uh, you know, that the federal government is saying we're going to cover it all. And, and that creates what they call it a moral hazard mm -hmm. because those executives have no incentive to toe the line anymore. But the regulators go in and routinely survey these banks and do audits of the banks. Right. So they look at everything in there. And apparently, from what I have read and mm -hmm. researched, Silicon Valley Bank had several auditors come in over the past year and a half and tell them they were not in compliance. And that's even more irritating. And it got overlooked by the government. That's right. That's frustrating. And so, like I told you, I was away on vacation this yep. week. So, um, actually, at Jody's suggestion, Jody, who works here in our office, she suggested that I watch the four-hour documentary on Bernie Madoff. 
And I watched that on the plane as we were flying to Europe. And it's on Netflix. It's, it's an easy watch. It's, you know, it's four episodes. But man, the same thing happened there. Because of Bernie Madoff's, you know, um, position, credibility, visibility, influence, whatever, being, on the, being the chairman of the NASDAQ for a while, or the chairman of the board, even though the SEC would come in, they'd overlook this and overlook that. And he never invested a single dollar. So Bernie Madoff, by the way, was an investment advisor. Right. He managed a portfolio. People gave him loads of money to invest. Because they never lost money, even though the market was going down. So the, his, their, their statements never showed a loss. As a matter of fact, I believe it showed a 12% gain per year. Virtually every year, yeah, too. Whatever the number was. It, it was, was crazy. It was ridiculous. And watching that is just a wake-up call. It's something that we've always been concerned about here, about sure. encouraging our clients. One of the things you have to be careful about is when you're writing a check, when you're writing a check for investment, make sure that you're writing a check not to Friedman Financial Investments. You write it to a custodian, a registered custodian, whether it's LPL Financial, whether it's Charles Schwab or JP Morgan or Bank Fidelity. of America or Fidelity, whomever it is, you're not writing it to Joe Schmo Investment Shop. Because they can do whatever they want with it. As opposed, They put it in a pooled portfolio and create their own statement. And it's dangerous. And that, that is extremely dangerous. We want to provide you with financial advice in a language you can understand. When moments like this get scary, we want to be here to provide you some guidance. In fact, with the bank scare that happened the past couple of weeks, we got a call earlier this week. A woman called our office and she said she banks locally and she was worried that if her bank fails, what happens to all of her stuff in her safe deposit box? I thought that was actually an interesting question, but if, if she's Absolutely. asking it, it's on the minds of others, right? Of course. And don't worry. Those are tangible assets. It's not like the bank is turning to dust. The real estate is still there. The real estate will remain there, of course. All they got to do is open the door. You go into your safe deposit box, take your money, take whatever you, or your valuables, whatever is in there. To me, honestly, and that's a conversation for another day, I'm not quite sure why people still have safe deposit boxes because <laughs> I'm not quite sure what people are actually putting in there anymore unless they're... Jewelry, maybe? Well, what we hear... There's a lot of people like to hide cash in their safe deposit box in the bank. Well, that's not so legitimate either. Yeah, exactly. Right? And if the bank burned down and you lost your cash, I'm not feeling so bad for you. Because sure. you were trying to beat the system. So just as you're upset about the banks trying to beat the system, you were trying to beat the system. So <laughs> There's always there's a catch. Always a catch. We're trying to give, provide you financial advice in a language you can understand. We want you to do things right. We want you to make smart decisions. We want to be here for you when it's time to make important decisions in your financial life. And we also want to reassure you when times get crazy, like they did a, you know, a couple weekends ago, and it's all overblown. Way overblown. And frankly... The media is to blame, but it's not just the media. It's frankly the internet. We, we watch it. We, too, we watch don't it too. We? But but think about how many. Think about the sources. Where do you go for your information? Ask your kids where they get their news. <laughs> and if it's Twitter, that's not really that's, a good source. But eighty-two percent are relying on Twitter, certainly in that generation, for news. And they have actually called that bank failure um, a Twitter in a Twitter uh, inspired. 
um, bank failure. Right. Because it, that's how, that's where it took off on Twitter. Get your money out, get your money out at Silicon Valley right. Bank. And, and But just on the other side, remember, Twitter, as much as all the depositors will get their cash, Silicon Valley Bank, Bank of America, Citibank, those are all tradable stocks. Right. And if you are a shareholder and you bought shares of stock in Silicon Valley Bank, frankly, you should probably get nothing, and, I mean, and whatever the, it is. As, as far as I understand it, they did say they're letting the stock go to zero. You, you let it go to zero. Yeah. They, you sh- as a shareholder, you should not be protected. Right. You are the you're, you're the, the last, last person to get paid. Correct. The lien holders get paid. You know who we owe the leases to. All of our vendors, even bondholders, get paid before stock stockholders holders. get paid. That's the way it works. That's the way we learned in our studies, and that's why we encourage people to be very careful about buying individual stocks in their portfolios. Absolutely. And so you want to be smart. We're here for you. If you, now is the time for you to get serious about your financial planning and investment management needs, I hope you'll give our office a call. 978-531-8108. We are here to provide you with financial planning, investment advice, and as much financial advice in a language you can understand for as long as you need it. That's what we do here. People love the fact that they can ask us about insurance, about tax planning, about whether they should gift money to their brother, neighbor, or sister. All of those questions. What to do if you lose a spouse? What to do if someone passes away? You want to go for college? You want to decide when to take Social Security? We're here for that. So please give us a call. Or you can find us on the internet. We can. FriedmanFinancial.com. That's Friedman. Two E's and a D. Financial.com. That's going to do it for us today. We look forward to providing you with more financial advice in a language you can understand with our weekly show, or perhaps even more often than that coming soon, called Dollars and Cents. We'll be back next week with more for you. Thank you, Marion, for joining me. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Dollars and Cents with Friedman Financial. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations. Please consult a certified financial planning planner, tax professional, or attorney prior to investing to determine what is appropriate for you. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.